da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. It's Overlord Talk this week on the Mad About Movies podcast, even though almost nobody saw it. We're sorry. These things happen. Maybe Brian can give us a solo review of The Grinch sometime. <laughs> you took the kid to it? Yeah, you enjoyed it. It was fine. It was I don't fine. know why they cast Benedict Cumberbatch and paid him, I assume, several million dollars, and they could have just gotten like literally anyone. Yeah, somebody from like a Boost Mobile ad or something. But that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Yeah. Did it uh, poo all over the legacy of Dr. Seuss? It was, or was fine. It- no, it was people. You know, people get upset about things. But it was funny. You're right. Your your point, Kent, was. <laughs> that they advertised it as from the producer. From no, it said no, and literally it says <laughs> like, from the creators of Minions. It's like yeah. pretty sure Doctor right. Seuss created the Grinch, guys. Right, right. And don't loop Doctor Seuss in with the Minions. That's disrespectful, <laughs> straight up. I'm surprised the estate That's didn't a, demand a law something yeah. cease and desist immediately on, on that right. one, but. Um, but it was a very minion-tastic version of the Grinch. But it was you fun. know what? That's Pearl good. Williams did the narrative. Uh, yeah, look, it was, that's great. it was watchable. You know, so you know, I can't, I can't sleep unless I know like where the Grinch was before the how the Grinch stole Christmas. I mean, I needed a prequel <laughs> of the Grinch. I had to have that. So I'm glad. No, it's perfectly fine. Um, I don't think anything can match the original cartoon version. Um, did it match up to that, or was it better? No, than the... no, of course it's better. Th- I think it's better than the Ron Howard Jim Carrey. Well, so is literally every movie I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. too. That it's was so funny. TV the other night, and I watched like ten minutes of it. Just I don't know. I'd seen the House Hunters that was on or something. It was like, oh, it's fine, whatever. And I was very creeped out by it. It was it yeah. Not, that that movie has not aged well. I don't know that it was good to begin with, but now, however many, almost twenty years later, it's really creepy. How just insane jim carrey is in yeah that role the um f- weird thing is i was talking to maybe some coworkers or somebody last year around christmas about favorite christmas movies and a lot of them mentioned that movie the ron howard grinch movie as being one of their like their their christmas movie that they always watch weird. and i was very disturbed by that fact like people yeah. you know seven ten years younger than me but still um i didn't know that anyone watched that let alone when you're trying to feel good about yourself around the holidays, it just made me creeped out. But, uh, but yeah, I remember even as a kid not liking that version. I was like, can we just go home and watch the cartoon so I can forget about that? Yeah, because it's a 30 minute story. Yeah, it's yeah, like, a, that's always it's like 20 minutes when you add in the commercials and all that. Uh, right. With Cindy yeah. Lou Who and all that stuff, you know, whatever. Um, I prefer I think it's timeless. that has Faith Hill in it. That's my main. Did this one have Faith Hill? I was looking for in, in Dr. Seuss movies. So. No, <laughs> she was not in this one. Did have Rashida Jones's voice, however. So A plus. Yeah, wasn't uh, what's her name? Cindy Lou Who? What's her name? Um, Leighton Meester in the in the Ron Howard version. Maybe. Wow, I didn't. You may be right. It's like some that. famous actress. I have to look that up. I haven't no. thought about that in a long time. Could be. Uh, is it How the Grinch Stole? Christmas? It's Doctor Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, or something like that. 2000. That was 18 years ago, fellas. Who played Cindy Lou Who in, the, in that movie? I'm working on it. I'm betting on it's somebody that grew up to actually be in things, which is not always the case <laughs> with these types of things. Goodness. 
I'm working on it. Benedict, bam, Cumber- bam, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch has a uh, kind of a low voice, and so did the original Grinch. So maybe that's what sure. they thought they could do. But get him to speak in an American accent the whole time is maybe uh, a little bit difficult. Yeah, it's just it, it's just odd. Anytime you know, anytime you're casting a. I assume you're paying him a lot more than you would have to pay anyone else. And his voice is not, especially when he's doing an American accent. Taylor Momsen. That's who it is. I don't know who that is. That's a very like, she went on to be like, she was on gossip girl. That's what it was. Uh, I was like somebody on the CW like side of things. Yeah. And then she kind of got, she has this band called, uh, yeah. What are the pretty reckless? That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. She frustrates the, uh, the, for a while, I don't know anymore. She's she grew up to be beautiful, but then she was one of those beautiful people that just decided she wanted to look horrible all the time. And, and this outraged the internet for like nine months, yeah, because of her like <laughs> weird like Marilyn Manson makeup she would wear. And, uh, and they're not good band either. Then, then no one cared. Yeah, if you're if you're like a great band and you're huge, go for it. But uh, I, did, I was not a fan of the Pretty Reckless, but there's our Taylor Momsen update for the week. We mm. it's in our contract. Listen to the rest so. on Momsen cast. Yeah. Um, where we're we're on season three of Gossip Girl, so we're pretty pretty fired <laughs> up about that. So it was another big weekend in the box office. Uh, the Grinch won the weekend, uh, followed by Bohemian Rhapsody, which is still doing quite well uh, for some reason. Dang, and one million, holy cow! That's how much that they thought it was going to make money for the first the weekend. Week. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that a lot, one, good word that of mouth on that me. one though. A lot that of people, people love it. Water man. cooler yeah. at the office was high, high on a Bohemian Rhapsody talk in the yeah. past week. Zach Martin's a big fan. Yeah, yes. Um, so you got those movies going on. Overlord actually did pretty well. It made ten million. Really um, well, I think that's pretty what? good, and it beat out the Spider's Web, which didn't we say? We predicted it would make $5 million and you'd never hear about it again. How much did it make? Like six? Something yeah. like that? I think seven total. Seven. Way, way lower than than uh, I think it, it certainly thought it was going to make. I saw I that was, listed in so many places as like, this could be a huge hit for the fall. And I, I mean, I'm wrong plenty of times, so it's not like I'm perfect on this, but that seemed like a really bad bet to me. I, I just didn't think, A, I don't, I don't think it looked very good. And but more than anything, it just it really seemed like they were trying to play it off as like the origin story to the movie you've been waiting, the series you've been loving for years. And I thought, I don't think anyone has thought about this character or this movie <laughs> series or these books in like a decade. I mean, they had their place. All, all the totally Stieg heads, like, the I'm Stieg not... heads love it. <laughs> yeah, just people that are bashing. only into Stieg Larsen <laughs> properties, and that's it. Right, they love it. I'm not. I'm not bashing the whole property. It just. It seemed like a very odd bet to to really be pushing this kind of an origin story for a character we haven't thought about in a decade. That's it's an odd. It was an odd move. That's all I'm saying. During my uh, during our weekly hit with uh, Talk Sport over in the UK, which we do, uh, I think about midnight and a half on Wednesday nights <laughs> over that that, that time. Um, we're on their late night show. We talk movies. It's really fun. But last week I was on there talking about this movie and. They were stoked on it. They were stoked on uh, Dragon Tattoo, and and the original ones had Numi Rapace. Remember her from right, uh, Prometheus? Right. Yeah, and she did like two or three of them, and then they yep. made the David Fincher one, and it 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 didn't do well, and they kind of canceled the stuff. But they were very high on the originals, and I'm assuming the David Fincher one, and I think Europe and the UK 
is just really high on that property. Well, they didn't show up any better at the box office than did they not? No, we each they actually made seven hundred thousand dollars left less there than than here. Holy crap! Wow. So I don't know. They were gushing about Claire Foy and the Crown, and like she's the biggest deal over here, and all that stuff. You know? No, she is a big deal. I, I, she's great. I don't know if she's a movie star yet. She could get there, mm-hmm. but back... I don't know if you can pin something to her and sell tickets yet. Uh, it does look like it's not in the UK yet, so maybe it'll make more, but mm. Australia, Denmark, Iceland, Italy, Lithuania, Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Poland, Portugal, Slovenia, South Africa, <laughs> Sweden, Switzerland, and Ukraine all combined for $8 million. Dang, that's not good at all. It's not great. It's not, not good great. at all. It's done forever. Yeah. But man, and Claire Foy was great in First Man. I'll stand by that. She's really good in Unseen. She's a great actress. Yeah, she was it's kind really of good. the. She has a little Jeremy Renner in her to me, where she's great. And but then we all decided that she can just we yes. can just put her name on the poster, and America <laughs> and the world is like, but I don't know totally, totally know who that is. You know, it's right. that thing. Those are two different things. I agree with you. I, I'm more interested in her. Say the exact same as Jeremy Renner. I'm I'm interested in her as a an indie movie lead and as a supporting actress less so than a, the lead of, of a big movie lead of your big action movie. action film. Yeah. Look, it okay. only costs 50 million. So it, it's not the, it's, it's not like it's, it's going to make just a it's not gonna make it back. Loss, There's no but it's not going to make it back. No, I don't know why anyone thought that was a good idea to begin with. That's just dumbfounding. <laughs> Like, I, yeah, raise your hand if you I care. Know. No I'm, one? Okay, I'm, let's not do this. I'm telling you, that, the first trailer, I was just like, they are selling this as if it is a James Bond movie or something. And, and I, I don't mean just in the tone. I mean, they are selling this character as one of the great, iconic characters in film history. And all I could think was like, David Fincher couldn't pull this off. So right. what True. do we think? How do we think this is going to play? It's just, it's an odd bet. But we all have misses. They had Daniel Craig and Rooney Mara <laughs> right? in the David Fincher yeah. one. Yeah. That didn't get yeah. it done. <laughs> well, yeah, an immigrant funny. song. So yeah. how did that not sell it? Yeah, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's cover of uh, Immigrant <laughs> Song with Trent Reznor. That was that was the best part about that movie, actually. Yeah, okay. that ruled. All right. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. A lot of movie news happening. Things getting released, announced, etc. Um, but we'll start on a somber note. Um, we lost an American treasure. This past week of the one and only Stan Lee, and we're we're glad we sent him his vest early. His cap, <laughs> he's got a Captain America shield on the back. It says American Treasure embroidered with uh, American flag lining, of course. And um, man, I don't know if anybody contributed to pop culture more than that man. I really don't think there you could make, maybe Steven Spielberg is mm. up there, but just the amount the Beatles, of the Beatles. Harmony Corinne, the maybe, Beatles, but, yeah. Uh, disturbed, <laughs> <laughs> disturbed. Oh, yeah, drowning pool. down with the sickness, no. you know. Um, so, so sorry to group Stan Lee in with disturbed, uh, but so Stan Lee, unbelievable human. Uh, I actually. Went and saw him. Went by myself to one of the last Dallas Comic Cons that he was at. And uh, just had to go see him speak, being a, a panelist. Um, he was in his 90s, so time was obviously coming. I mean, they the last year he came back to Dallas Comic-Con, and it literally said, like, in the ad, it said, for the last time ever, Stan Lee. Like, he was he was done, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think he got some maybe some news. I don't know how his health was. I don't know if he had any cancer or anything like that, but um, his health 
it's obviously declining. I heard they canned all of his planned upcoming, you know, appearances in Marvel movies, like all at once, yeah. all in one day. They did like five or six, you know, and uh, because they didn't know if he'd be here next year, the year after, which mm-hmm. is when you're in your 90s, it's always a possibility. But even when I saw him speak, he uh, he had like an interpreter with him, not an interpreter, but somebody to like stand, sit next to him and say the questions in his ear because his hearing sure. was so bad. And uh, it was just an honor to be in the room with him. He's an icon, um, founded Marvel Comics, created the X-Men, the Avengers, and countless other properties and characters, and uh, is on the list, I think, the second highest grossing producer of all time in Hollywood. And he's the executive Crazy. producer of every Marvel film. So mm-hmm. add those up, and that's pretty a pretty lucrative business, not to mention some other stuff that you wouldn't even think he would be involved in. But he was a great... Great person, just brought a smile to my face every time I saw him. Very genuine, nice. I haven't heard anything but good things about him as a person. And very inspirational, too, about kind of the stories he wrote were about misfits yeah. and fitting in. Even though you have, you know, the X-Men, the whole deal was I wanted to show people that you can be different and still be worth something, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. be a misfit, quote unquote, and still have power. And, I mean, just a lot of his stuff was really inspired by uh truth in some way or some message he wanted to get out to the world you know captain america and all that and uh and all that stuff um is essentially that so he he was definitely a person that deserves our respect and and our highest honor and we're happy to call him an american treasure forever but if you guys have any words on stan lee i just want to say you'll always be a treasure in our hearts stan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. boom yeah, one of the best. Um, he and Jack Kirby together, like, yeah. I, you know, I, I've never been a, a comic book reader, just I didn't grow up on on that, and I dabble in it here and there, but the only comics that I did read growing up really were, were X-Men comics, and occasionally like a little, little Spider-Man comic, and so, I mean, those, I love Batman, Batman's always been my favorite superhero, it's a very real HSO right there, you know, but, uh, but the... The actual worlds, I've I'm much more. I, I think I think the the X Men world and and even the Spider Man stuff is mm-hmm. way more interesting and detailed. And and the I mean, the, those comics. There's probably people who are way way better or more uh, qualified to speak to it than I am. But it you're right, can like the they really um, spoke to people who didn't feel represented and Stanley was very outspoken about that stuff from, from kind of the outset of, of the creation of fantastic four and right. And they're on. And, and so man, just a huge, unbelievable impact. And then that's not even to consider really into the, the films and how the Marvel films have, have completely changed the landscape of, uh, for, for better or for worse, however you want to look at it doesn't really matter, but it's a huge, huge shift. And a lot of that is due to his work. I mean, that, that's based on his stuff and Jack Kirby stuff. And, and, uh, so yeah, look, it was, it's, it's hard to get like super emotional about the loss of a guy who's like 95 years old, you know, cause it's just like you, you know, it's expected. It's not actually a, really a tragedy yeah, or anything, Betty White. But, but it's a loss, but it's a loss nonetheless. And, and, uh, we're, we're, I'm very thankful for, for all that he has given to, uh, to pop culture and everything that he, I think really, I think he really tried to stand for something. I don't know that he always succeeded. And I know there was lots of 
Uh, there's varying accounts of what happened with between him and, and Jack Kirby and, and all this stuff. But I think mm-hmm. he is somebody who legitimately tried hard to um, make a difference and do the best, uh, the best that he could. And something that I always, I don't want to keep going on and on, but it's Fantastic Four. I think the first issue of Fantastic Four dropped when he was 39 years old. So yeah. that's, I always am impressed by, as somebody who, as you know, I'm in my mid thirties now and I am trying to write and I'm trying to, we're trying to push this podcast and create, do all this stuff that is outside of what I do for a, you know, for a living yeah. and whatnot. And I'm always impressed by and inspired, I think. Late stage who, success. Yeah, late yeah. stage or mid, mid-life mm-hmm. success, all that is mm-hmm. always very impressive to me and, and uh, encouraging. So, uh, yeah, he, he will be, uh, he'll be greatly missed. Richard, do you have any thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I didn't grow up with Marvel either. I, I feel silly, you know, being like, this man has an incredible legacy, of which I am not familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I feel dumb saying that. Obviously, it's great work, and I've, I, I have sort of a passive familiarity with it now. Uh, not just in the movies, but you go, oh, what's this thing? And you end up on like a crazy Wikipedia deep dive and things. And, and uh, what a fascinating life he led and what a creative, uh, what a creative person. And it's so, as you said, Brian, so great that he got to really live, uh, you know, not only outlandish financial success with, with selling it to Disney, but outstanding cultural success with then Disney making it this, the, uh, definitive entertainment content of the last 10 years. Uh, and that is what a cool way to go out, you know, mm-hmm. and from 85 to 95. Not that he wasn't already enormously influential and successful. There's a million stories about him um, that all of which end up uh, normally end with the common theme of him being a real mensch and a real gentleman and a, a real scoundrel and all those things you would want him to be. Uh, and so, uh, you know, so, someone. I don't. I. I. I worry sometimes. You know, they they tend not to make them like that anymore, and I don't know if mm-hmm. that's society or that's uh, everyone. I always find you know it's the same complaint we have with SNL. Sometimes I'm gonna, I'll bring this back. Don't worry, but it's like sometimes I worry that everyone else on SNL is trying to do the SNL they grew up with and trying to fill a a uh, spot in it instead of just creating something. Um, yeah. And, and so many people of that sort of culture seem to want to be Stanley or imitate in some way. And to a certain point, of course you're going to be influenced, but he was, he was so original with his, not only his work, but his personality as well. And, uh, and so it's, it, when those people leave us, um, it's, it's sad, but it's also even more sad not to be a bummer when you go, who replaces that in the culture, you know? Who, who, yep, even right. like as creepy as whatever, and how not, uh, it, he got out just in time in the Me Too movement. It's like, there, when Hugh Hefner dies, you go, Well, that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. And whether that makes you sad or happy or, or medium, it's up to you. But you, you have to say that is like a, a definitive person. And so, Playboy Mansion to, is still a thing, by the way, for some well, reason. Yeah. Yeah, we're, well, we're podcasting from it right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in our robes. <laughs> in the our German robes. one, though. We're in the German. <laughs> yeah, Grotto. But, <laughs> you know, you, you you just, you with Stanley to a lesser, I mean, to a less extreme version of Hugh Hefner, you go, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know who replaces that guy will never that. exist and that's a bummer. again without yeah, being exactly. in jail for you know. a long time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that, that ends up being kind of a bummer <laughs> on some level, and probably good for, on the whole, and and uh, on some level too. But but it is. It Who's going to step it up and be so. the next Stan Lee? I got money on Josh yeah, exactly. Trank, guys. <laughs> you think Stan Lee saw Fant Forstick and was just like, "I'm done." That's that's it. No. Um man, he was so so great. Sense of humor about oneself was off the charts with that guy, with Stanley. Yeah. All the cameos he did were basically making fun of himself uh in some way and uh, all you know, being on the Simpsons and doing so much. He he definitely was deserving and uh he'll be missed. So, RIP to Stanley. Now Carl Reiner's the top of my list on the watch list. I'm just he's in his 90s too in Mel Brooks. <laughs> yeah. They're uh Getting pretty close to, and they're the, they're in the American Treasure Hall of Fame already. Well, okay, we got a, a little bit of news to talk here, and we're going to get right into uh, Overlord. Some trailers dropped on Monday. Uh, first one we'll talk about is Toy Story Four. Yeah, are you familiar with the first three? I haven't heard of the first three, <laughs> but I'm, this one's getting pretty good buzz. The fourth, and I've heard the yeah, fourth I, one I, is I, usually I, the best in a, in a series of movies. <laughs> right. Always more than four. Always, yeah. Never, never has gone wrong yeah. to uh, to bring back a series like that. It, so, that's uh, look. I love, I love the Toy Story movies. Those are some of my all time favorites, and Coop watches them pretty regularly. And I'm always happy to uh, to sit down and watch and watch any of those. So I'm not dying to have another Toy Story because I think Toy Story three is such a perfect conclusion to that story, but. You know, Pixar got to make that money too. So if you're gonna, I'd rather see Toy Story four than Cars than any other any other sequel three or any of these others. So you're gonna print that money? That's fine. Let's let's do. I guess let's do Toy Story. Yeah, I'm wondering how much involvement uh, Rashida Jones had in the final product. If they used her story at all or anything i don't think she's, she's getting i don't think she's getting any she's credit getting for credit. it yeah i think they totally re redid they bring That's back uh michael arndt or whatever his name was who did uh toy story 3 maybe mm, i don't yeah. know look up the, the writing credits on that brian but uh one of the funny things i heard about uh or i saw about toy story 4 was one of those videos is like trailer breakdown toy story 4 teaser here's everything we know or we saw and if you've seen the teaser it's just like a, you know, they're all holding hands in a circle, and it's the cameras like isoing on the, isoing on each of them, kind of like that '70s show style, except they're not getting high. I think uh, <laughs> they might be. Who knows? Yeah. yeah um, who knows? And uh, and so it shows Woody, Buzz, Jesse, Potato Head, Slinky Dog, Rex, and then they show uh, this new character who's a spork with like pop pipe cleaners, has <laughs> arms, and uh, it's Tony Hale. And then he says, like, I'm not a toy. And then everybody freaks out. Or, or, like, he breaks the chain of the loop, and then they all go flying. And that's the trailer. But, like, really, what can you break down? Here's, okay, yeah, we know yeah. Woody's going to be in it. <laughs> we know we've got Buzz Lightyear. Okay. <laughs> you know, this very, it, 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 let's just say it didn't tease anything, except showing mm-hmm. that they're making another Toy Story movie. Sure. And they showed the one new character that's probably going to be featured. But, uh yeah, I thought it was a very light thing. They released another one today um, featuring Key and Peel. Uh, Peel of Get Out fame and uh, Keegan-Michael Key from The Predator. 
are are in this. <laughs> that's that's what he's known for. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that he's permanently right. the guy from the, the Predator. least offensive member of the Predator crew, and probably. he was very offensive too. Yeah, <laughs> extremely. He, his friend was the one who had Tourette's. Remember? Right. Um, right. Yeah. So, so it, <laughs> so they're involved. They're, they're playing characters uh, that are look like carnival game prizes uh, named Ducky and Bunny. So they're a stuffed duck and a stuffed bunny. Um, so look at, got that to look forward to them adding to the cast. I'm with you, Brian. I thought the third one was a great ending. My personal favorite is Toy Story 4. I mean, uh, Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2 is on my top 10 of all time. I think it's great. Perfect sequel. Uh, that one, I would have been cool with just Toy Story 1 and 2. Or just Toy Story. It's great. It's so <laughs> one of the best films ever. You know? Yeah. Uh, so... So yeah, I'll see this. I'm sure it'll be very high, highly recommended and rated and make a ton of money. And so I can't complain at the end of the day if I enjoy myself. But uh, sure, I wouldn't yeah. say it's the most necessary movie that, that we could get. But maybe the most necessary one for Pixar, considering how the things have kind of gone in the past few years. Uh, the Incredibles is a huge win for them. But yeah. uh, some of these other yeah. sequels haven't really done as hot as they had hoped. Uh, the the mm-hmm. other trailer I want to talk about is another animated film, I think, live-action animation, and it's Detective Pikachu. Did you guys see this trailer? I only saw it with Danny DeVito's dialogue sucked in for <laughs> Pikachu that someone made on Twitter. Did and they really do that? Pretty, yeah, someone did. I'll send it to you guys. It's That's amazing. one of the funniest things. I it's saw all it. just like, it's always sunny clips, but... I think, just, um, was it The Ringer? The Ringer did like... True Detective yeah. Pikachu, and they did a True Detective version of the trailer, which is pretty funny too. Nice, but um, nice. I haven't uh, seen this. One. Joe House yeah. was great though. As <laughs> yeah, cousin Sal was on the line, so it was good. <laughs> um, so so yeah. Speaking of printing money, Brian, this is no matter how good it is, this thing is gonna be huge. Every man. kid is gonna want to see this. I remember as a kid collecting the cards. I was like, man. I would love for a live action Pokemon movie to happen. And it never happened when I was a kid. I always thought it would be cool. So if kids are into it now, I know my uh, nephew's really into Pokemon. He's about seven. And um, yeah, this thing is going to be absolutely enormous box office wise. Probably will be awful, but <laughs> kids and parents who have kids don't care about awful movies. Uh, um, this one will kind be kind of jerk. Kind of dreading. This, it looks pretty funny. I mean, it looks like if Brian's they if, have to see it. If they go times. about the right way, you know, if they got kind of go a little meta with it. Um, Ryan Reynolds is funny. They yeah. got a good script. I'm, I'm not a fan of the guy who's the lead. Wasn't he in Transformers or something the last night or something? Uh, I don't know. I've recognized him before. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's going to be huge. A yeah, huge success, man. especially overseas too. I, yeah, I'll say that. Like, if you're gonna, if I'm gonna have to see a freaking Pokemon movie, then I, I, I guess I want Ryan Reynolds to be the voice. Right. Maybe he'll slide in a couple of jokes for me or something. But I'm too old for Pokemon. I didn't. I was like, my brother was really into it. He's Same. closer to y'all's age, so it was. I don't know. I just. I guess I just missed the boats, and now I don't. I don't know anything about it, and I don't care. And like the Pokemon Go thing made me grumpy because I'm an old man. It lasted for like every three one, weeks. Yeah, <laughs> and every once in a while, Cooper, like McDonald's, had Pokemon toys for the last couple months, and he like, oh, I gotta go. We gotta go to McDonald's. I gotta get a Pokemon, and he'll every time. Like I'm, 
I'm pretty, I'm a nerd. So I'm pretty knowledgeable about all this stuff, but he'll be like, what's this Pokemon do? And I'm like, every single time, I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. I have no clue. You're going to have to just find make up abilities. Oh yeah. That one sucks that one. blood or I, it's like, I have no clue. I don't yeah. even know what is I, every time he ever watches Pokemon on Netflix or Disney app or whatever, I am so beaten down by it. It whips me so much. But yeah. Oh, yeah. At least Ryan Reynolds will be there, I guess. So, it's just, hey, that. you know that weekend you're going to have something fun to take Coop to, and he's going to be stoked <laughs> for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a given. Yeah. So, so we got no that question. one this uh, summer. Also, I saw uh, mentioning Toy Story 4 that they're, they're remaking Child's Play and they're releasing it on the same day as Toy Story 4. I think that's pretty genius. <laughs> Like a, no, the anti Toy nice. Story movie, yeah, with a toy that murders people. <laughs> Ugh, gosh, so that's a uh, that's actually genius in my opinion. Aub- um, is Aubrey Plaza writing that, or is she starring in that? Um, I know she's attached to it. I don't know. Way. I love Child's Play, so I'm yeah. We, when Brian and I might have to go to the theater together, and then. <laughs> right. Get in a fight in the aisle and go into our separate theaters. Have I some pizza in the lobby and then yeah. oh, the yeah. movie theater pizza too. Ooh, so good. It's only no seventeen dollars a slice too. So right. it's a good deal. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it was lit. cooked at least within the last week. So <laughs> I never understand the people that I mean, I know this is a lot of our audience, so I'm singling people out. But we haven't talked like movie theater etiquette in a while, and this one, oh, this one, boy. this one was a big offender. The we're Overlord, getting some in this one, man. Yeah, we're, we're getting some movie theater etiquette is going to be talked about. But you buy like f- five hot dogs for your family and <laughs> want a large popcorn, it's <laughs> or like, just yourself, dude. You know. Go go spend three dollars at the grocery store and get literally all of that plus like ten more hot dogs, ten more buns, and ten more things of popcorn. It's just amazing. Like once you're in that zone of the movies, you're like, I don't care if it's forty dollars. I'm hungry. I need to eat something <laughs> yeah. during the previews. You know? It's like crazy. It, there's just some food though that's just wrong in certain locations. Like I went to a hockey game last night and what? next to Yeah, I know it's weird. Unfamiliar. And, uh, oh it's a it's an ice sport, Brian. Not figure skating, but mm. not adult figure skating, which I know we're both pretty invested in. But uh <laughs> But uh, we only underground adult skating, though, not yeah. like the mainstream right. Olympic right. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't want that crap. <laughs> no, God, no. But anyway, um, and the lady next to me was just eating like a burger, and it's like, get a hot dog. Okay. Yeah, who gets a, no, who gets a burger that. at an arena? Yeah, uh, and it's like it's yeah. kind of a Bur- dumb it's rule. It's a hot dog or nachos. That's it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, but a burger. It was just like a gray, gross burger that she ate like. A, a fourth of and it was like yeah I don't feel bad for you that was a terrible like call. A high school cafeteria <laughs> burger you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. it's like they're and I don't know why a hot dog is intrinsically better than a burger in that situation but it will it always is <laughs> yep totally agree well so, um, anyway movie theater pizza is is right there yes I think that's all the uh, time we got for movie news for this week we're gonna talk Overlord in four and a half seconds It's time for Overlord. Talk J.J. Abrams, Bad Robot Productions. This was one, uh, Mike, like most Bad Robot Productions, had no clue what this was going to be going in. Uh, a lot kept under wraps plot-wise. Didn't know if this would be Cloverfield movie. 
I expected that <laughs> the whole way. I was like, when are they going to turn this into the first Cloverfield movie? You know, same, or something. Same. Yeah. I knew it was. Knew there was going to be some kind of twist in there somewhere. But um, what it ended up being was just an extremely violent movie. Uh, <laughs> there's some humor throughout, I guess, or attempts at that. But this was one of the most disturbing movies I've seen in a long time. And uh, I was pretty entertained by it, but some of it was just excessive uh, at times. And I love the hard R sometimes, but this one was like, whoa, I did not expect this out of this movie. Um, you you kind of expect more intell- intellectual uh, type of stuff with those kinds of, with bad robot movies, you know, and less just uh, we're going to chop heads off for the sake of chopping heads off kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. um, this was full of that. I got to admit, I really enjoyed the opening sequence of them jumping out of the plane and parachuting into uh, a war zone. And that was Saving Private Ryan, D-Day kind of realism of war and just kind of you're absorbed in the visceral nature of warfare for the first five minutes. And then they get on the ground and it turns into a complete crazy ride. Um, I don't know what you guys thought of this. I had a pretty fun time with it. But um, I'm not sure if it's one I'll return to a lot just because of how disturbing it was at times. And um, I hate Nazis and the guys that play them, <laughs> you know? Whoa, unpopular. Wow. Don't yeah. make this wow. political, Ken. Man. Sorry, guys. Didn't you read our iTunes We're going to get comment? a one-star review on that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. How dare you say something <laughs> controversial like that? You you don't like Nazis. Wow. Man. Well, they almost didn't call them Nazis, which which surprised me when they actually used that that term when they were in the plane about to paraglide in. I was like, they're going to make this some ambiguous, um, (laughs) you know, enemy or something, not to offend people. But um, (laughs) but yeah, it was just disturbing in all the right ways, I guess, but at the same time, all the wrong ways. So um, I'm excited to hear what you guys thought about Overlord, (laughs) right? Uh yeah, look, I'm I'm with you. I I believe I might be wrong on this, but I really think it was announced that this was announced as a Cloverfield movie originally, or was announced, and then they then people started connecting the dots, and they dropped the so, Cloverfield stuff. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a Cloverfield movie the whole way through, and I was glad that we had learned from Ten Cloverfield Lane of how to not ruin the big twist in the title of the movie. Uh, and then it, and then it wasn't. So what do I know? Um, but I, I was expecting more of that. I, my theater was freaking packed. I mm-hmm. not did not expect that at all. I didn't think I coming in. I I was happy that we were doing this over Girl in the Spider's Web, but I didn't think there was a chance that this movie would top that movie. And I don't know which movie it says more about. But my theater was was full, including when I bought my ticket. You want to talk theater etiquette? This annoys me greatly. If if you are going to a movie with uh, with assigned seats, you sit in your assigned seat. I don't care yeah. if the person if your seat requires you to sit next to another person and you were like a, a space or a buffer or something. If you want that, you got to move. You you're gonna have to buy a seat down low or something. It was. I went into. The, I came into the theater and there was somebody sitting in my seat. Uh, I guess because her boyfriend was not wanting to sit next to a stranger on the other side. So then I had to sit, I guess, in her seat. And then 
somebody else came in like right as the movie was about to start and then i was sitting no i was sitting in his seat and he had to take somebody else it was just it was a mess you sit in the seat that you were assigned to sit in uh anyway but my theater was packed and everyone was super into this and i just did not expect that at all i thought even on veterans day so there's people on holiday and stuff but i thought i could probably walk in and get a seat 10 minutes after the trailer started and be totally fine and alone and instead i I watched a big, big action horror movie with a bunch of people. It was, uh, it was surprising. Um, wasn't, wasn't what I expected at all, but I, I, I thought overall it's a really interesting concept. I, I don't like horror movies. Um, and so this sort of certainly stepped into that territory at least. And especially on the, the gore side. I also really don't like, uh, this is like a strange, I don't like, uh, doctor experiments that stresses me out like that's a real yeah. that's a torture that's a trigger yeah, yeah. Tr- torture in general as just a general rule not a fan of torture in movies but if you right. are going to torture somebody i'd prefer the old the jack bauer methods of the like, old celery trick <laughs> yeah the old celery trick uh thicken but where's the trigger <laughs> where is it but i don't care for doctor that is now Dark going Knight to do rises. experiments on me uh, i'm not not a fan of that so that that was very creepy it is definitely the goriest movie i've, I've seen this year given that I, I kind of avoid that kind of thing typically but i thought the concept was was interesting the action is great it really yeah, it looked is. good um for this movie costs like 38 less than 40 million dollars to make and it looks awesome um i don't know that it's saving private ryan level or anything like that but it's some of that stuff is I mean, that's maybe the best war sequences I've seen in a really long time, and uh, and maybe maybe since I remember, I don't know. But uh, what was what was the Andrew Garfield movie that was really good on that? Hacksaw Ridge, Hacksaw uh, Gibson that's, movie, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that stuff was was well uh, was well. There you go with it. Nah, it was 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 very good. Anyway, but uh, said I hate Nazis. Anyway, I, <laughs> right? I'm, uh, I'm I'm rambling. I, pro- I apologize, but no, it was it was much better than I expected it would be on the as far as my ability your to interest kind of level enjoy. and everything well, yeah i was this is I pretty was really gory sure. that's why i asked you first it is because it's got a horror element to right element to it and i'm like you i'm not into the torture i can't do saw and just like people being yeah same held same. against right. their will and stuff unless like that. i'm with russ's family the only way <laughs> right. i can watch only with our most conservative friends family yeah who some <laughs> for some reason loves saw just loves it um but yeah, I'm more into the <laughs> I'm more into the weird slasher, the, the Halloweens, the it's the scream mm-hmm. type movies or ghosts. Mm-hmm. I can do ghosts. Um, did you see this trailer for this the the possession of something Hannah Grace or something like that? See that trailer? I have seen that trailer. It is terrifying, just man. The entire time, yeah, I can't handle terrifying that. ghosts, possession, witches. Can't do it. Can't do it. The gore stuff. This this is more of my. I was talking to Batman Shane about this before because he was asked, he was trying to decide if he was going to go see it, and he's kind of like me. I was like, I don't like gore. I'm never going to, I'm never ever going to in, to really viscerally enjoy a movie like like that on, with that kind of stuff in it. But it doesn't scar me. I don't walk away being like, well, I'm not going to sleep for weeks. Cool, you know, which I do with with ghost stuff and witch stuff. So, so it's not my it's not my cup of tea. But it was I can bear it much more easily than I can uh, something like Hostile or, I don't know, like some, whatever, The Vich or The Ghost, ghost Movie or things like that. Can't, can't do that. But anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I, it very, I, I'm really impressed with the 
way they pulled this off. I don't think it's a great movie. I don't, I don't know. I'm probably not going to go back and watch it a bunch of times. Can't like you said, but it's incredibly well done. And I think, uh, shows off, uh, it's a good way to blend, uh, genre too, which is not always, uh, not always, not always done very well, but, uh, Richard, what'd you think, man? It was, uh, yeah, same. I, I remember seeing a trailer for this a couple months ago and like being like, Oh, that looks cool. But, why are they releasing that in theaters? It looks like Seems Wolfenstein. Like, yeah, it looks like a video game. It was going to be like a Wolfenstein yeah. tie-in or something. I, like so with the way I. the font was and everything, I was like, this is going to be something weird. It's not just going to be a movie you go see and it's, yeah, a, it's a plot I, and it ends. You know, it's going to have some kind of thing, yeah, especially totally. since it was Bad Robot. Yeah. And um, so I was just kind of like, well, that's weird. And then um, uh, it, it, but kind of put it in the back of the brain. I didn't think about it. But I did think I, I do remember seeing the trailer. I think it was hyped for like a day on Twitter. There was like a day where people were like, "This is cool," and I was like, "Yeah, that is better than I would expect that type of movie with that type of cast and people I've never heard of to be cool." I'll never see it, and I do a movie show, so no <laughs> one's gonna see it. And uh, and then and then all of a sudden we started getting tweets and and uh, and then we started doing planning for the episode. And, you know, we got to it, everyone. We got to it, normal episode schedule. Everyone's freaking out on us, like, why we haven't done an episode yet. Did everyone else get it two months ago? I mean, calm down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a lot of different things. It was, uh, I'm with you, Brian. I'm not a big, I guess I'll, with you too, Ken. I'm not a big, uh, like, gore guy that way. I don't, uh, I don't enjoy it. It, it. it doesn't keep me up at night either, minus the fantasies. Um, but no, but it's, but I, I always kind of, I never, I, I'm always like, what, why who's enjoy but there is, I guess people that just actively enjoy that. I don't think it ever adds anything to anything, but that's where I'm sure I'm weird. I I'm fine with a 5% less realism to not be grossed out, but I guess some people <laughs> right. aren't. Uh, but yeah, this is one of the more inventive movies of the year. It's it's ninety different genres and moments, and and is extremely intelligent in the in the things that it tries to do, and really aware of its film history and the way it's mm-hmm. shot, and uh, a, a really cool. It's one of those things where it's not going to be in my top ten of the year, but I enjoyed myself for the most part, minus the parts where I really didn't enjoy myself, which there <laughs> were a few, and sure. and but it's like oh. I'm going to watch this. This is a filmmaker I'll watch because you know, they know what they're doing. So, um, yeah, it was, I was, uh, I was very, this is one of the surprises of the year. It's one of those where, because we do this show, uh, we have a more than most people I would think, or maybe not, uh, cause we're not good at it, but no, more than most people, we are aware of the release calendar. So you kind of know pretty much, at least for me, that's something I really keep up on. It's like, alright, by June, I kind of know when everything's coming out now, and I know what movies I'm going to keep an eye out for. But every year, one or two slip through that crack of that like big release calendar, and you kind of know week by week what we'll be talking about, what the narratives are going to be, what's going to be good, right. what could be a disappointment. And this was like kind of upset that. So that's always cool. I always like being a movie fan again, where I'm surprised by stuff because you know, mm-hmm. doing research for the show it, that that doesn't happen too often, and that that was cool. Definitely, yeah, I totally agree. I kind of liked the uh, kind of the truth to some of it in a way. Uh, I do understand that the Germans really did experiment with trying to make super soldier serum <laughs> during the war, 
in performing experiments on people and you know they dabbled in trying to go back in time like building time machines and stuff like because they wanted Mm -hmm. to go back in time and rule the world before you know so that they could be ruling the world for a thousand years right or or whatever uh so some of that i kind of enjoyed on just kind of playing off the secret nature of the third reich and what they were up to during the war aside from just murdering everybody and this played on it in a an interesting science fiction way and um some of it was very real I, like you said, um, I thought the actual experiments were gross. And then when they would start to inject people that were dead and had half their face blown off and then they were walking around mm. and stuff, it turned more into a zombie movie than it did a right, science right. fiction movie or a war movie. Um, but I do like the blending of zombies in, in uh, World War II. I think that's a you know a Call of Duty thing or whatever, but I, I do think that that's a very weird combination that's for some reason works um mm-hmm. and i enjoyed the actors in this for the most part uh i like wyatt russell i'm not sure he's an he's, action star but he's really good dude. he's yeah. really good and i would see him in a lot of movies you know I, I've, I've enjoyed this is the first kind of serious thing he's done that i've seen him in mm-hmm. yeah he's usually uh the stoner and everybody wants right. him or something like that but he's <laughs> right. he's really funny and um and this was an interesting turn for him, but it was a, it was a pretty decent one. It, it gave yeah, me flashbacks yeah. to his his pops. Oh, totally. Yeah, I think I I don't know that he's a movie star, but I don't know that we do movie stars anymore. But he he's really interesting to me. I I really liked him in, in Everybody Wants Some. I I thought he was fun in Twenty Two Jump Street. He's great on that Lodge Forty Nine show. I've only seen I think two episodes of that, but he's really cool and fun. And he has he has great charisma. And, uh, and you can see, you can see kind of elements of, of his dad and his mom and, and what he does on screen. I, I'd, I'd buy a lot of stock in him. He's, he's, uh, he's a face to watch, I think. I, and you're like, you're right, Kaylin. I'm not totally sure that he's an action star, but he had, he had two or three moments that the, um, like he has to play the intimidating guy. That's not always super easy to do. And I thought he did great with it. And the movie kind of left it there for him to uh to show that like when he's torturing the the nazi guy and and a couple other moments were just like he kind of delivers that hard one-liner and you think man that would that would play in, in like a fast movie really that was really good i was i was very impressed imagine him in that scott eastwood role in the fast movies or yeah. something like it'd be kind of fun i'm in for it he's he's re- he's really somebody to watch to me i think way better than scott eastwood in my opinion yeah, totally. Way more range. He's he reminds me of uh Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Is that his he's, name? He's kinda he's kinda got the, he's kinda got like the, the mysterious the kind of thing. Of, yeah. of Jesse Plemons. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. I'm a fan. Great I'm beard, fan. by the way, for Wyatt. Totally. Great totally. beard. Um so yeah, that was good. Um the main character, I don't know his name, but uh he was the protagonist throughout, so they set it up. Um mm-hmm. and he wouldn't hurt a fly kind of a way. Right. And he has to overcome that, and he does. It's very predictable in that manner, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's very entertaining. Um, one kind of twist, not twist, but something I expected for them to do uh, in this movie was um, when they first discover the serum, and he comes back with the vial, and their one dude gets shot, right? Their, their, uh, I guess it's their, one of the guys in their troop, gets shot mm-hmm. and he 
he dies, right? And then they inject him with the serum. Right. I thought for sure that they were going to leave him, and then the movie was going to go on for another hour, and then at the very last moment, he was going to come in and save them, mm. you know? And it's sure. one of those, oh, we totally forgot about that guy. Well, we should have <laughs> seen it coming, you know? It would have been a really cool kind of twist at the end. It didn't happen that way. I thought that's yeah. where they were going. Instead, he comes back to life immediately, and then shapeshifts into like a weird bony Oof. lizard guy and then they just murder him violently <laughs> so crazy. and bash yeah. his brains in <laughs> and then they show that you know like in uh pulp fiction one of the great things about pulp fiction was that a lot of the murder takes place off screen so that just you and your mind like you're seeing the guy get stabbed with the katana right and it's like below the screen you don't even see any of the real mm -hmm. violence it's just like violent in your head or what you make of the violence um and this was the opposite. It's like they show us the him getting his head bashed in off screen, and then they just cut to like the guts on the ground of the smashed head. It's like, okay, we knew he was yeah. bashing his head in violently by right. the blood and the head smashing sounds. I don't know if I had to see visual cop. Oh, yep, his head is definitely smashed. Yep. Uh, they did that in Halloween, too, with the yeah. smashed head. Yeah. I can't do the grabbing the skull and like crushing somebody's head. While, you know, right. That's a right. very new horror movie thing that I'm not Speak necessarily that. <laughs> yeah. You're skull crushing every day, bro. <laughs> um, so yeah, I found it a bit predictable there. Uh, the, the lady role, the damsel in distress, mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. will, uh, yeah. the scene where he, the Nazi guy comes in and her name was something Laurent, which I thought was weird tie into a yeah. glorious bastard in some way, because <laughs> it's a very similar scene where he comes into her house and they're all hiding, you know, and, um, she's being interrogated in a sense, but then he started doing sexual things to her, and I was very disturbed by that. But then he kind of gets his comeuppance in a way, but ends up being there for the end when his head is half gone and he's being zombie man. But uh, yeah, it got disturbing on not just violent, but it, he's got, got kind of rapey in the middle too. So I don't, I'm uh -huh. not down for that. That's but you guys are blurb. Yeah, way too rapey. <laughs> Yeah, but if I I will say it yes, includes rape right. and like, Nazis. Not, it's an automatic. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it did it did do a good job. That was a. I would say that it, it <laughs> that the movie did a good job of using that to illustrate how horrific the people were, and also then as a way to show you how, um, I don't know, courageous voice really is the 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 lead. You'll you'll. Javon Adepo is this guy's name. Yeah. Who was in Fences. He's really good in Fences too, but haven't seen him in a lot of stuff. But that, like, kind of watching that boil over, I think is supposed to give you, it's supposed to say more about him than it is about uh, the Nazi. I think we know all we need to know about Nazi guy before we get to that point. But, but it is a, I think it's important for the narrative to try to build mm -hmm. that out for, for him and see what he, if he's going to, you know, step up at some point. Yeah. I, I kind of wish in a way that the uh, him growing the coming of age part of it would have been more taken place more later in the movie. Really, I felt like they kind of ruined that moment. A, when he smashes his own guy's head in and then mm -hmm. when they, what they do to the uh, Nazi guy. Uh, I, I would have preferred that to be like towards the end when they're back in the uh, church and they're trying to set the charges and everything like that. That one, that's the moment that he, he becomes the man he was supposed to be, right? Not when he's sure. smashing in his own friend's skull. <laughs> uh, but, but nonetheless, it was 
it was visceral. It was entertaining. It was shocking. Um, I really liked the title title sequence where it was like an old school 1940s war movie. Yeah. With the Overlord, Overlord, very simple on the screen with like the Paramount logo and everything. I really enjoyed that part of it. J.J. Abrams has an extremely good knowledge of of uh, past films and uh, you know Super 8 movies and old war movies and stuff. So this feels like an homage to that mixed with kind of the twisted side of things uh, on what Battle Ro- Robot has kind of been doing. But I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it for kind of the historical nature that it took, even though this could have been just – Anything, I really like that they set it in some kind of truth in some way. Like, I think this would have worked as a movie in just some random universe. And it'd be like, oh, that was really fun. Um, But he did try to make it historically accurate in some way. Uh, So you got to respect that. Sure. I think it works really well as a war movie, honestly. Like, it's uh, the, the parachute sequence is great. The kind of trying to find each other in the dark and the, you know, the mine was too aggressive for my taste, but you know, wasn't, I don't think it was just too out there or out of the realm, but I mean, some of the best parts of the movie are the, when, once the, uh, we're in spoilers at this point, by the way, but, uh, once Nazi guy takes the kid and runs off and you have that kind of firefight there to try to get the kid back and then storming into the tower and everything that's, and, and having the, the two guys fire on the, the front gate and stuff. That's a, that's a really good 20 minute sequence. That's very, I think very appropriate and action packed and feels, feels like something that would fit in with a modern world war, world war two movie or, or war movie. Not just, you know, it's, I think that would have been very easy to just make that the kind of meh, whatever. We're not really this into was, this uh, because it's not the main point of the movie. Yeah. You know? Their main mission was to knock out, the radio tower so that D-Day could happen, right? I kind of like mm-hmm. that aspect, mm-hmm. too. I'm like, you never think of what happened before D-Day that people had to clear the way, in a sense, right. and that was their uh, job, yeah. was to clear the thing so that they could attack Normandy. Um, they could provide air support for Normandy. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that um, little nugget as well. This director, Julius Avery, keep an eye on this guy. He, um, yeah, he's doing Flash Gordon. He's doing yes. a Flash Gordon movie. Yeah, but he's got... Uh, a lot of shorts under his belt, short movies, and not jorts, like literally short movies. Um, it's not Kevin Smith. Um, he, he does wear jorts underneath his belt. Underneath so, his hockey jersey. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, Son of a Gun was a movie he did a couple of years ago that had uh, Ewan McGregor, if you haven't seen that. At yeah, least people Vikander. loved that. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's doing Flash Gordon. So Julius Avery, look out for this dude. He's yeah. on the uh, David Lowry path to success right now. Yeah. I think it can't hurt to work with this is like what I when I love JJ Abrams the most probably is just kind of this I don't know this it's almost like an academy for teaching people how to make film in some ways it's like it's like advanced film school but I yeah. love I love having his influence on people and directors and filmmakers and and creators almost as much maybe more than I do like his actual direction in some ways. Like he's, I just think he's a, I think he's somebody that you, if you are a creator, if you're a creative mindset and whatnot, you get in a room with him and it just kind of like that rubs off on you. Yeah. Does that make like sense? Gary so Shandling. Just, yeah, totally. Yeah. With, with comedians and stuff. I think that just, I think being around him probably makes you a better filmmaker and, and maybe reins in some of your, your, uh, 
I don't know, your worst uh, ideas and stuff. It's he's he's really good at that. He's doing um or not JJ was actually on set a lot of the times. He was a producer on this and I'm assuming guided the way. I didn't notice a lot of lens flares, but uh they're probably in there somewhere, I'm sure. And um and yeah, JJ's got Star Wars next. So this is probably a cool little movie for him to be working on. Not not fully involved, but evolved a little bit and Bad Robot's such a cool studio, man. So much, mm-hmm. it's so secretive, and they just do random cool movies like this that um, aren't part of any universe particularly, but fit really well in their kind of uh, their brand of what you would expect from them with, with the mystery and the action and the, the effects. I thought the uh, practical effects were fantastic in this uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the makeup. I'm sure this will be up for yeah, Oscars for gosh. makeup. I thought it was, it was great. great. The story, all the Creepy costumes, as heck, but the, really good. The the actual scene where they, uh, I don't know the word, charge or they overtake the uh, church at the first, and it's just the two American guys, and uh, everybody's coming out. You know, all the germs are coming out of the gate or whatever. I thought, and they got one guy's on the ridge with the oh, Gatling yeah, yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah. That was a really cool mm-hmm. sequence yeah. too. And they're very just, great. And great. Those kinds yeah. of moments, like this guy needs to make a real World War Two movie. That's not zombie and rapey you know it's uh <laughs> it, yes. it's more no, i totally yeah i'm with you You know what i'm saying like this guy needs to be given a good script and go no that's go what i'm saying a, yeah go totally, make the next totally. private ryan man you know i, I think it. it i think that's some of the best war sequences we've seen mm-hmm. in the last 20 years it was really really well done and again that's what i'm saying like i think that that could have been especially at that point in the movie which you've already established the cons- I get why you would um put more into it in the beginning stages to like make that the war stuff look really good at the at the outset because you haven't really told us what the movie is about yet you know you haven't really established your conceit but by that point you totally have and it would be I think it'd be forgivable even to just kind of phone in those sequences and the way that looks and stuff, because you're, you're at that point, you're making a zombie movie, not a world war two movie, but instead, man, that stuff, that stuff banged. It was really good. And I, I'm, that was, that was to me, that was the best parts of the movie. I was very impressed by that. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think this was way better than it had any right to be, you know, um, Mm -hmm. surprised me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a movie that I'll probably see again, but probably not very soon because I'm pretty scarred. Uh, by what by what occurred during this uh during this time um so there's a few little plot notes that they never really go into like the whole i'm gonna write a book we're gonna help you thing and they never <laughs> like they just it ends and they're never like they don't even have a line where it's like man we're gonna write that book for him or anything <laughs> like that it's just like they completely forget about that but the character building was was effective i just forgot that I thought there was something at the end that was going to wrap that up, but or be some kind of heartwarming moment, but but no, World War II continued, and D Day was literally the next day. So watch Saving <laughs> Private Ryan right after this, and right. have a good old rocking time. Yeah, it's actually a prequel. Yeah, it's a prequel to Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, there you right. go. Yeah. So yeah, it was messed up. It was crazy. <laughs> it was entertaining. Uh, the soundtrack was really good, or the score, I should say. Was very very good as well, and Nas um, baby, yeah, and uh, it was it was um it would get my recommend for sure. What did you guys think? What do you you want to grade this one out? Sure. Overlord. Um, I'm gonna grade this one out at a 
This one's tough. I'm going to go A minus on it. You guys. That's fair. I'm going to go, I'm going to go B plus. That was very enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Much better than I thought it was going to be. Still not a thing that I'm going to watch a lot <laughs> or come back to very frequently, but, but Hey, I love Wyatt Russell. I love the conceit. I think it's a, it's a, and I'm, I'm very high on, I'm high on Julius Avery. I think that's a, that's a name to watch. I'm kind of excited about Flash Gordon remake. I think that's the the right kind of movie to remake. So yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's solid. I, I, it's one that's like, I'm not going to give it the highest grade, but I feel like this is like the highest grade it could possibly get. Like it's degree of difficulty and all that. It's like, it's, this is a B plus movie if everything goes well and everything went pretty well. I'm, I'm, I was pretty impressed. RB, what about you? I'm going to go with a solid straight up B. So we kind of, we waterfall down a little bit, but that's okay. I was going to go B plus, but I was considering, I was like, what, what did this movie try to be? Yeah. It's exactly, it's as good. If you told me what this is about, okay, World War II happens and then there's this, it turns into a zombie movie. This is about as good as it could have been, you know? That's true. And they're that, That's true. They, how insane you're, the premise you're is. You're talking me into an A minus. You're talking me <laughs> It's up. just an insane premise. And the fact that I enjoyed this at all is amazing. Like this has, like you said, this has a uh, Razzies written all over it, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, it was not that it was, it's in fact, um, been very well received. So the guy that wrote, uh, one of the guys that wrote this, Billy Ray has, has had quite, not the Cyrus, um, Billy Ray, has had quite a uh, quite a run here. He wrote The Hunger Games. He wrote Hearts War. Remember that movie? Uh, Bruce Willis. Um, Captain Phillips. Uh, Overlord. He's doing a uh, The Ballad of Richard Jewell, that one that Jonah Hill was supposed to be in, right? About Richard Jewell from the Olympics. And he's doing a Sinatra movie. I think it's the one with uh, DiCaprio, maybe? Or something was oh, attached yeah, yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a lot of credits, yeah. a lot of pretty good credits. A lot of there, pretty. Man. They got a. They, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty good crew on this thing, man. It was good, good up and coming director, some established screenwriters to pull it all together, and uh, and it really worked. Um, the other guy, uh, Mark Smith, wrote uh, the Revenant. So and Vacancy. Remember Vacancy? Those movies. Which one was Vacancy? I don't remember. It's like about a creepy hotel kind of thing. Oh, okay. had uh, right. Luke all Wilson. Right. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I got you now. Okay. So, yeah, there's our grades. Go see Overlord. It was crazy. All right. Let's hit recommends. Weekly recommends. I'm crazy. What you got on the uh, recommend side of things, Arby? I've got to recommend um, that's a, a book that's out uh, today as we record this. Um, it's a it's a new book uh, by Jonathan Franzen, who's a novelist. He's written a ton of big uh, novels of the '90s and 2000s, and, and uh, he's he's a fabulous writer and a really annoying person, as most really great writers are. But this is actually a book of essays. Um, it's cool if you don't want to commit yourself to a full novel and just want some kind of good uh wintry read over the holidays coming up these kind of uh essays of, of stories and uh personal uh life um and just really enjoy the incredible prose of jonathan franson if you're into that sort of thing ken it's something i think zoe would probably really dig um he's just a great uh, very dry very intelligent writer and um as someone you know he's he's a big 
he's a big stinking deal. He's the kind of writer I always say he he goes on talk shows like he does Colbert. I mean, that's mm-hmm. if you're a writer and you're doing that kind of stuff, you're you're to be reckoned with uh, in the culture. And so uh, yeah, new book out today, and uh, and it's of course now I'm forgetting the name of it. I just I just put it on my shelf. It came in the mail from uh, the end of the the end of the end of the earth. It's the name of it. And uh, Jonathan Franson. Right on. Right on. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I'm going to recommend another show uh, that has been recommended to us about a billion times by listeners and stuff. I watched uh, watched Homecoming over the last week on Amazon. Julia Roberts and uh, Bobby Caravale. I'm not and, familiar uh, with her work. <laughs> yeah. And the most punchable face in Hollywood, Shea Wiggum. And uh, it's... It's really, really good. Uh, I think you, I think both of you guys would probably like it. I know you're retired, Richard, but they're 30 minute episodes, so that may help you. But uh, I'm a fan of the I, the concept of the 30 minute drama, so I want to support all 30 minute shows because we just don't have enough time. But 10 episodes, it, it rolled pretty quick. I didn't find it quite as bingeable as other people seem to, and as some of the you know other shows that I've recommended in the past, but. It's very interesting. It's by uh, Sam Esmail, who did uh, uh, Mr. Robot, and it's a it's it's like Mr. Robot light. It's kind of it's interesting and intriguing, and there's a lot of paranoia involved, and you don't really know what's happening until six or seven episodes in. You don't know what's true and what's not and stuff. But it's a little bit more accessible than Mr. Robot is, and I loved Mr. Robot in its first couple seasons, and after a while, I just kind of got tired of how just trying to wade through to find reality just kind of got exhausting. So this was uh, this was a good a good uh, recovery I think for him from from the last couple seasons of uh, of that show. But yeah, it's really good. It's on it's on Amazon. It's fun to see. It's still not as great as like Peak TV has been for well over a decade and closer to 20 years now. I still kind of get in awed by oh look that's a big time hollywood movie star who's in the tv show and i i don't know that kind of carries through as well and it's 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 fun to see julia do good work too so homecoming on uh, on amazon uh highly recommended on a scale of one to larry crown how great is it <laughs> well on that scale it's probably like a half larry crown i guess oh wow okay so very good okay. <laughs> yeah good stuff um, I'm going to recommend a uh, really random movie that I haven't seen in over 10 years that I came across today on TV, and I started it from the beginning, and I just kept watching it, and it was actually really funny. Um, I'm going to recommend Dennis the Menace. If you guys <laughs> ever remember that movie, John John Hughes wrote it, Christopher Lloyd, really funny yeah. movie, Walter Matthau. I had forgotten it, and it's like... That had a nice 90s run there at the end. Yeah. Um, I I loved it as a kid. Haven't thought about it since I was a kid, and I totally forgot about the movie, and then I watched it, and it's got a very John Hughes feel to it, and is is funny still. It's got a lot of adult humor in it. It's very funny physical comedy from Walter Matthau. And um, he's got a kid. It's a great, yeah, it's a great, uh, yeah. Christopher Lloyd's terrifying in it as this like creepy robber guy. Um, and, uh, it's really funny. If you've got kids, it's a good family movie. Put it on, have a good time. Dennis the menace, um, from the nineties. Good stuff. All right. That's our show for this week. We are returning next week. And I think y'all are talking, uh, Harry Potter or something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we got Fantastic Beasts and we got Widows as well. I'll Actually, see Widows. 
be a bad one. So. <laughs> I'm on. Uh, I'm doing a Harry Potter rebinge, kind of by accident. I watched nice. no football Sunday, so I'm four in. I'm halfway through. Nice. I hadn't seen the first two in over ten years. They're better than I remember them being. I remember them being a little kiddie. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to the three after Azkaban, but they're not as much as I remember. They're still pretty, yeah, pretty they're, good. So they're both quality quality films. They're definitely the worst of the bunch, but yeah. that doesn't mean that they're bad. Yeah, I think I just after not seeing them for a long time, decided they were way worse. And they totally, were, which sure. is unfair. Next year, Kent. It's yeah, next year. no, totally I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm down to for get it. I'm down for Harry Potter, but I don't know if I can do Eddie Redmayne anymore <laughs> on anything. So the fact that it's Harry Potter just adds to the uh, mumbles. Uh, yeah, he's playing Jason Garrett. I'm, I'm scared. Next, I'm scared. Very sensitive about everything. Um, yeah, he's just got like puppy dog eyes all the time. You know, like, <laughs> well, he he comes from the same small theater in England as James Corden, so maybe that'll change your mind. <laughs> No, that, that reinforces just my art Never get a word in. Just like I, okay, I just sit here. It's, <laughs> it's very loud. I would like to interject. Could I? Could yeah, I perhaps sing? Join no, some no, kind no, of like, like terrorism cell that only targets that theater. I'm pretty upset. I'm going to miss the Johnny Depp white face paint. It's going to be. Ah, uh, you'll see it again. Going to be awesome. Going to be awesome. The crimes of Grindelwald. Don't you get me with another Duff McKagan. So. <laughs> I was gonna say Duffy's probably at the premiere right now. <laughs> hey Duffy, hey hey Duffy, wait for me after. We'll go hang out. We'll go write some songs. <laughs> Duff man, that's Johnny talking to Duff. Hey and Duff, Duffy, go 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 find my scarfist. He'll give you the directions. He Johnny Depp brings a, a scarfist with him. Right. He goes to. Some people have an umbrella. Hey, Duff, uh, could I interest you in a 19... Hey, Duff, can I get you a 1919 Bordeaux? <laughs> Duffy boy! <laughs> Duff man! Duff Meister! <laughs> Duff! <laughs> Duff McKagan is, is one of the best bits. Um, so she wrote this Johnny one. Johnny Depp and all of him, like, trying to impress him all the time at school. <laughs> I didn't know J.K. Rowling wrote the screenplay for this, too. That's pretty... That's cool. That's yeah. nug. Cool little nug. All right. That's our show. We'll talk that next week. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll see y'all at the Cinemaplex. Goodbye. Hey, Duff. Hey, hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.